It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study for July 1st, 2010. Thank you for being a part of the program tonight. We're glad you're Listening to the Virtual Bible Study, thank you for letting us be a part of your Bible study routine tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me tonight. Hello, Dad. Jacob, it's great to be with you. Uh, We've been sort of uh, at loose ends here for the last few weeks of the Virtual Bible Study, and uh, hopefully we're going to get back on a regular schedule and uh, uh, get back to our routine of Thursday night Bible study. There's been a virtual Bible study every week, but it's been different hosts, different uh, uh, settings, and we've also been trying to incorporate some new equipment, and so it's been a little bit hectic here for the last few weeks. Well, we're getting closer to where we want to be, and uh, we appreciate last week Anthony and and, uh, Monty doing a great job in our absence. First time in five years that uh, we've had to have uh, two people take our spots at the same time, or neither one of us was here, and so we're glad that uh, they were able to do that and did a great job. And appreciate them doing that. That's last right. Week. Last, we're coming up on our fifth birthday, so to speak, of the virtual Bible study here at the end of July. We'll be completing our fifth year, and for the first time in almost five full years, neither you or I were able to be here last week. And so, uh, Anthony and Monty, both members here at College View, filled in for us quite admirably. And we appreciate them very much for doing that. All right. We'd like for you to help us out tonight. And you can do so by giving us a call at 877-381-4567 or by emailing questions at collegeview.com. Or if you'd like, join in the chat room with other listeners. Go to our Ustream.tv page, and the chat room will be on your right. If you're watching us from thevirtualbiblestudy.com, you can find the Ustream page by clicking on the menu button at the bottom of your video window. And then click Go to Show Page, and it will take you where you can join in with other listeners in the chat room. Kevin Kelly is in the chat room tonight from Hot Springs, Arkansas. So we're glad that Kevin's out there, and he'd like for you to join him as well in the chat room. Jacob, I think we've got a, an interesting and important study uh, this week. We want to follow up on the topic that was discussed last week. Last week, uh, Anthony and Monty discussed the subject of choosing a mate. And there's uh, scarcely a more important thing that a person could consider than choosing the proper mate, the one that he'll marry as his husband, as his wife or her husband. And uh, so it's it's really an important decision. It has all kinds of implications, not only in this life, but also in eternity. And so uh, that was an important subject for them to investigate from a biblical point of view last week. We thought as a a practical follow-up to that, we might talk tonight about the idea of staying single and the, and what would be some biblical considerations for people who are not married and might never get married. Uh, what about a Christian who's living a life without a mate uh, for whatever reason? We'll talk about some of what those reasons might be. But what would the Bible say to those kind of people? All right, we want to talk to you tonight about being single. Maybe you are single and maybe you have some things that you've learned as a result of uh, your singleness, or perhaps you're married, but you have some ideas about what it would be like to be a single Christian as well. We'd like to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts on the program tonight. Along those lines, you asked three questions earlier today. Yeah, as we always do on Thursday, we sent out some questions to our update list, letting you know about our topic for tonight, and also giving you some questions for consideration. Uh, And these were the things that we suggested that need to be discussed Uh, And there are probably a lot more, but these are the questions that we ask. Number one, what are some reasons why a Christian might remain single rather than being married? What would be some of the reasons that would lead to a person staying single? Number two, what are some potential benefits to remaining unmarried? And I don't know that people may think that seems a little bit odd to suggest that there's a benefit to it, but I think the Bible would suggest that there are some benefits that might... uh, be attached to the concept of staying unmarried. And then number three, what are some dangers associated with remaining unmarried? If you chose not to marry, you would be under some particular dangers that 
other people might not be. We want to talk about those. So those are the three things. We, there are a lot of things to discuss here, but those are the three questions that we put out to our update list earlier today. If you'd like to get on that update list, send us a simple email to questions at collegeview.com and just put in the subject line, add me to your list. You know, this is a pertinent issue to discuss tonight because statistics tell us more people in the United States are single than married. And so uh, certainly uh, we need to be talking about what it means to be single. And, you know, even for Christians who are married, I think it's important for them to have some understanding of what others are dealing with if they are unmarried. You know, so, so even for married people, this is a worthy thing to talk about because we all need to relate uh, uh, successfully in the body of Christ. And so we need to know what the Bible says. To, even though if we're not in that circumstance, we need to know have some understanding of the people who are. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com or join in with other listeners in the chat room tonight. Anthony is behind the controls tonight. Uh, Anthony, welcome back. Uh, second week in a row. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's good to be here. It's always an enjoyable thing on Thursday night to come and take part in the virtual Bible study. And this week, have a little bit different perspective from last week. Well, how was it uh, being in the hot seat last week? It was a lot harder than it looks. You guys make it look easy. Well, uh, I don't know about that, but uh, how's, how's it looking on the technical side tonight? Uh, pretty good. I think we got some some other uh, camera angles here that we're trying to work in, so bear with us there, and uh, hopefully it'll add a little bit of more variety to the video feed for those who are watching. So, All right. And uh, Anthony's monitoring the chat room tonight. If you want to give him some feedback on the technical aspect, he'd be happy to hear from you. Just know how it looks on the other end tonight. We look forward to your questions and your comments about uh, being single on the program tonight. Why are some reasons that a Christian might remain single? You know, it seems like, uh, at least the common thought is, that uh, if you're not married, then uh, your life will be miserable. Um, but there are some reasons why a Christian might choose to remain single. Well, you know, a couple of things are just pretty obvious, Jacob. And one of those would be that, you know, a woman hasn't been asked by a man to be married. Or, for that matter, uh, a man may not have found a woman that, that he thinks is a suitable candidate, and he hasn't found anybody he can ask. Or he might, he might not have found anyone that was... Or, or maybe he, nobody ask. would say yes okay. when he asked him. Right. Right. But that's a possibility. I mean... Uh, I think all of us, as even those of us who are married, we we realize some of the frustration of finding a mate when we were seeking a mate. You know, finding the right person would someone. I'm sure girls are concerned. Can they find a man who'd be willing to ask him? Men are concerned. Could they find a woman who'd say yes if they did ask him? And sometimes that's a hard process. You know, there are people who live in parts of the country, for instance, Jacob, where there are very few people to choose from. If you're trying to choose a, a godly mate, if you want someone who would share your spiritual values, there, there are a number of places in the country, if you lived in those localities, where it'd be hard to, you, you wouldn't have a, a very big pool of potential marriage candidates. And therefore, it makes it even harder. And I, I'm, I'm actually very sympathetic with people who are in that situation. They, they know and are determined that they want to find a godly mate, but they just don't have any people to choose from. All right, and uh, you're <coughs> referencing what was discussed last week on the program. If you missed last week's program, you can find it in our archives from our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. But it is important that we choose the right person. And what you're saying is perhaps you just can't find someone who's spiritually minded, who's focused on serving God, and as a result, you decide, hey, I don't. Uh, there's no reason to be married uh, if I if, can't if find, I can't the, right find the right person. You know, I've often told people, and I really honestly believe it's true. It's not an easy thing, but I really believe it's true. It'd be way, 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 way better to re- to be unmarried than to be married to the wrong person. Now, there's a lot of people who who, in hindsight, could tell you that that's the truth because they married the wrong person. And and to single people, we would we we'd simply encourage you do not. Settle for less. Don't lower the bar. Don't say, "Well, I got to be married." This guy, he's he's actually quite of a clod, and he, you know, I, I don't I don't even really like him. There's a lot about him that's distasteful to me, but I'm going to marry him anyway. Some girl says because I fear he's the only prospect I'll ever the have. The last chance I'll have. Yeah, and and that's an enormously huge mistake. And that's not that's not unusual. People right. are actually making that decision when they want to decide if they're going to get married or not. Right. Right. And uh, we need, uh, along those lines, Kevin says remaining in the chat room says remaining unmarried is probably the most difficult from a social stigma. 
uh, you know, people look at you funny. But we need to understand the scriptures say it's okay to be single. You don't yeah. have to be married. Yeah. Uh, Paul said in First Corinthians chapter seven, verses twenty-five through twenty-eight. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. Yet I give my judgment as one that has obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that it is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound to wife? Seek not to be loose. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. But if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. We'll get into some of the reasons why it would be a benefit not to be married. But just to prove the fact that it's okay to be single and it's not wrong and you can still go to heaven being single, Paul says that uh, it's okay to be single. Yeah, exactly right. And if you're if you are studying along with us tonight, you might just open your New Testaments to First Corinthians seven because we're going to make a lot of reference to the things that Paul said. In that text, but Paul himself was even single, and he said in verse seven of First Corinthians seven, "I would that all men were even as myself." In other words, he, he, he and again, as you suggested, one of the things we want to talk about is that there there are benefits to being unmarried, uh, and we're going to talk about some of those. But certainly, a first consideration is it's not a bad thing; it's not wrong. And even though, as Kevin says, some people may see it as a stigma, it is not a bad thing or wrong thing to be unmarried. Uh, in the eyes of the Lord. Furthermore, and what is more common today probably than than it has been in the past is there may be people single today because they have to be single. Yeah. Because uh, they have done things in their life in the past that make them ineligible candidates for marriage today. Jesus discusses this in Matthew chapter 19, verse 12. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. I think in that context, Jacob, in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus was, was he was in the immediate context, he had just talked about divorce and remarriage. And he said in verse 9, Whosoever shall put away his wife except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoever marries her that is put away doth commit adultery. So he just talked about the idea of unscriptural divorce. And if you got yourself in that situation, his disciples in verse 10 said, if the case of a man be so with his wife, it's not good to marry. In other words, they said, man, that's a hard rule. Basically, that if you were to tr- sort of paraphrase what they are saying, they said, that's a hard rule, Jesus. And Jesus then said, you know, some will choose, to, some some will make themselves unique, or in other words, live celibately for the kingdom's sake. In order, in order to be faithful in the kingdom of God, they would remain unmarried. I think that that's what... Uh, verse 12 there in Matthew 19 is suggesting that some people will remain unmarried because they have to. You know people today who are not married because they have to be? Yeah, I do. And it's a very difficult thing. Uh, right. But but I do know a number of Christians who have made, the I think, the right decision to say, I've got myself in a circumstance, in a predicament because of, of a past marriage and a divorce that was not right that I've now got myself in a situation where I can't be married again. I'm going to have sure. to live alone the rest of my life. That's a difficult thing, but it's right for the kingdom. If it's right for the kingdom's sake, then then God will reward a person who makes that decision and follows through with it. All right, certainly. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We're talking about being single on the virtual Bible study tonight. What do you think? Let us know your thoughts. We haven't gotten a single email. All during the program so far, so we'd like yours at eight at questions at collegeu.com or better yet, give us a call. We'll take a short break and we'll continue the discussion right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Hi, my name is Mike Smith and I'm a member of the College of Church of Christ on Hampshire Pike. Let me ask you some questions. Do you remember when the churches insisted on Bible authority for everything they did? Can you recall when church members always expected they thus saith the Lord? Can you remember when the church was well known for its book, chapter, and verse style of teaching and preaching? Are you upset because the church you're attending doesn't always, doesn't always approach things this way anymore? Does it concern you that elders and preachers don't seem to care about Bible authority at all? We're still trying to do everything according to the New Testament pattern. If you're looking for a church like the one you remember from the past, please visit us soon at the College of Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Hello, everyone. I'm Wade Shelton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you're like me, you've probably heard a lot of rumors about what the Church of Christ is all about. But regardless of what the rumors you may have heard, let me just quickly tell you what we are about. The College View Church of Christ is simply a group of Christians that is committed to doing everything that God has commanded us in exactly the way that He commanded us to do it. So we just simply open our Bibles and study them to determine what God has commanded us to do. 
And then we try to do it. It's just really that simple. Are you interested in being part of a group of people who have this approach to serving God? If so, I hope you will join me and my family as we worship God with the College View Church of Christ this Sunday, 9.30 a.m. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad you're here as we talk about being single on the program tonight. <coughs> if you're in the chat room tonight, let Anthony know what it looks like on the other side of uh, the line as he's uh, trying to get the technical bugs worked out of our system. And uh, so far, so good, hopefully. Well, we're talking about uh, why someone might wish to remain single. Anthony, uh, earlier today you responded to the emails, and uh, you're here in person, so you don't have to, uh, we don't have to read your responses. You can tell us your responses yourself. Uh, you had an interesting uh, one there about one's occupation. It might be a, tr- a decision to remain single. Right. I was, you know, I was trying, since question two kind of, you know, talks about some of the benefits. I was trying to think of for question one what might be just some practical or pragmatic reasons why a person might remain single. And I was just kind of trying to think outside the box. And yeah, that one of the things that I thought about is well, you know, for people who have dangerous occupations, maybe they're uh, maybe they're in the secret service, or maybe they're a lion tamer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, or an astronaut, or uh, even just a police officer. Somebody or something in the military, like or right. something like that. Might. Why would you? I mean, you would. Well, I was just thinking. My thought was, uh, you know, if you if you're in a high risk occupation. You know, you might not want to uh, start a relationship with somebody and and then have them heartbroken if something terrible were to happen to you. Uh, That was the you know the line of thought I was taking. Or being unable to provide for your family because you're you've been injured somehow. Right. Yeah. Uh, Just kind of kind of a somewhat out there on the fringe suggestion, but it's just something that came to mind. Now the other one, your other response was interesting that uh, you might remain choose to remain single, and a Christian might choose to remain single because uh, they desire freedom and independence. What, explain your thinking on that one. Well, you know, I was just thinking, you know, a person might simply be a very independent um, person who just doesn't want the the shackles, if you will, of being married to someone. Is your wife listening tonight? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> not that I feel that way at all. Okay. But. <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually, Anthony, I, I would... I would have a little bit of problem maybe with someone who had that view, you know, because I really do think that God intends marriage as a blessing and, you know, that that it's a good thing. And if, if uh, and I don't think that's what you had in mind, but I'm afraid that some people might have in mind sort of a, I want to serve myself here and I want, you know, I don't want to have to, to yield or give in or, or, or serve someone else in, in my life. I just want to serve myself. And so, you know, I, I do think there might be a potentially a wrong idea there that some people might have about staying single because they don't want to, to have to open up. They want to just concentrate on self, and I think that would be a mistake. Yeah, I, I appreciate that clarification, Greg. I actually realize now you know, the question says why a Christian might remain single. I guess it, I kind of started thinking about just a person in general. So yeah. I, I totally agree with what you said. I, I don't. I think people in the world might choose that, might have that motivation for staying single. But right. I, I definitely agree that you know that in the Bible, God's ideal for man is not to be alone obviously that's why eve came around but if a, if a person uh, is unwilling to make the sacrifices required to be married uh then they should choose not to be I mean, if you're not willing uh, until to... they until they can get an attitude adjustment right right <laughs> right okay okay and then, then one other thing real quickly and i think this is obvious too somebody might be single because they're a widow or a widower you know if you lost a mate you might be single again okay you know i, I think that's something that a lot of us who are married don't think about is the potential we could face this situation again in the future? You know, we were single once, we're married now, but there's there's a high probability that at some point in our life, either our, a husband or a wife is going to end up being alone again. Okay, and so we're going to deal with that. All right, up to Zion is in the chat room tonight, and uh, his wife must be listening. He says, "I've been married 34 years, and it has been great. I could not have done this life without her." No, that's uh, we do appreciate that comment. No. Yeah, yeah, but I think no. he's right. I think right. you know, in in a right marriage relationship, when both parties are what God would have them to be, what Up to Zion said there in the chat room is the way we ought to feel. Well, but that, Up to Zion is expressing sentiment that the God is how God designed marriage. That's the way He wants it. To yeah, be. that's right. All right, very good. Okay. All right, now. Um, 
as you suggested, Jacob, you know, the, the, the choice to, to stay single might be in order to be faithful to God, in order for the kingdom's sake. And we suggested Matthew chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. Paul himself saw being single as a gift. In other words, he, he felt that God had enabled him to be able to do that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he said, I would that all men were, even as myself, unmarried. But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner, another after another after that. Uh, so he, he, he realized that not everybody was suited to make that choice to stay single. Some people have to. Other people might do it voluntarily. But Paul understood that not everybody uh, is suited for that determination. Uh, and so... Um, uh, he, he he called it in his own case a gift that he had that he was able to to handle that circumstance. Now, uh, one of the reasons why let's 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 go to the question we asked: What would be some of the benefits of remaining unmarried? And in the context of First Corinthians chapter seven, Paul mentioned one of the great benefits to him was that he didn't have to worry about a mate during the difficult times that were at hand. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 26, I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be, uh, in other words, unmarried, for the present distress. Art thou bound to a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife, and so forth and so on. Uh, he mentions in verse 28, if you marry, you may have trouble in the flesh. I think during the time of that distress, they were under a time of severe persecution and you can understand why that if you were being persecuted it'd be one thing for you to stand up and say i i stand for the lord jesus christ now you can do whatever you want to to me i will not deny my faith but if they took your wife over there and they held a gun to her head and then they said now what will you say it would be harder to say i will not deny my faith while they got a gun to your wife's head or to your children's heads right you know so Paul is Paul is acknowledging that reality. It'd be easier in times of very severe persecution and, as he said, the present distress, which they were under, severe persecution. It would be easier not to be married under that circumstance. And that would be a benefit. You'd be benefited. Under, now, we're obviously not suffering under anything like that at all now, but if it ever came to be so, then that consideration that Paul mentions there would be worth taking into account. All right, so it would be a, uh, certainly a benefit, and uh, circumstances may uh, determine and, uh, and necessitate yeah. that we remain single. He went on in that same context. Again, as I suggested earlier, if you're listening, and you, you might as well just turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians 7, because we're going to be referencing that chapter a lot. But he went on to say in verse 32, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32, I would have you without carefulness, he that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There's also a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Uh, he says, I speak this for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Now, Paul, I think in addition to the idea that under persecution it'd be easier if you didn't have a mate, I think Paul is adding just in general, a, a married man has to think about his wife and, and about her needs and wants and right. so forth. I mean, he wouldn't be a good husband if he didn't. The Bible tells us as husbands we should care about the things of our wife. Uh, the other side of the coin is the wife has to think about her husband. She's supposed to. That's that's right and proper. But Paul is saying if you weren't married, you could take those kind of things completely off the table, and you could just be, you could just devote yourself to the things that pertain to serving God. I, I give you a very practical example of that, Jacob. You know, uh, if uh, is that us doing this? Yeah. Okay. Um, if if a man wasn't married, it'd be easier, for instance, to choose to go overseas to some foreign country and preach the gospel and just right. live there. You know, but if he had a wife, he'd have to think: Can my is that a is that a situation that I want to put my wife in? Is it safe? Is it would it be uh, uh, you know uh, the kind of thing that she could emotionally deal with? If he had a wife and children, it'd be even a harder consideration. Right. 
So I think the things that Paul is saying there is suggest that you know it just it's it, as far as making some decisions relative to serving the Lord, you'd be in a position to be able to to do more things if you weren't married, and therefore. That's that that would be a benefit, a potential benefit if you chose not to marry. All right, and uh, that brings up an important point. Uh, there are many, I'm afraid, who desire to be married, and uh, they wait until they get married to, to begin serving God. You know, I'll I'll do these things in the service to God after I get married and settle down. Well, that simply is not uh, uh, the perspective that you need to have. You need to be using the opportunities that Paul references here. And uh, a reference to other places where you have a unique opportunity to serve while you're single. You need to be busy and diligent serving the Lord rather than waiting for your life to begin the day you get married. Yeah. And in, in your service to God. In the chat room, up to Zion says, Isn't there the stress of having to please her, or live up to her expectations, like when David danced before uh, his wife? His, his wife was telling him to stop acting like a fool. There, there was a case I think maybe that he's suggesting from the Old Testament where David and his wife didn't share a common value there. He was rejoicing in the things of the Lord, and it was embarrassing her. And so, if you weren't, if you, one of the benefits of not being married is you wouldn't have the issue of maybe an imbalance in your spiritual uh, commitment levels. And we know we've known many couples where there where that does exist, and it's a real source of strife and contention. Maybe one is a real committed Christian, and the other is not, and that just serves as a, a constant point of friction. So you wouldn't have to deal with that. that. That'd be a benefit. I mean, and again, this goes to the point we were making at the very start of the program, Jacob. It'd be better not to be married at all than to be married to the wrong person. Okay, and that's where I was going to go next because uh, we talked about some advantages. One of the advantages is your freedom uh, from care, and you have opportunities to serve the Lord that you may not have if you're married. And furthermore, those who rush into marriage just to be married need to understand that uh, one of the advantages to being married is you're not married to the wrong person. And there are many people who are worse off being married than they would be if they were single. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 19, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Yeah. And the same could be said of men. And that would dwell in the wilderness, you'd be alone. Okay. Be alone. <laughs> he said it'd be better. All right. And in Proverbs 27, verse 15, a continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. And again, we're not singling out the women here. We could have similar statements made about and, and, the and, and in all honesty, Jacob, if, in my personal experience, it's been more women who've suffered with with men who weren't what they Certainly. ought to be than women who suffered with husbands uh, who weren't what they ought to be. Those who made wrong well, I, I don't think I said that right. More women have suffered with bad husbands. Than husbands have suffered with bad wives. I think so. Okay. And uh, so certainly uh, there are many advantages to being single, and uh, and those who are single need to realize yeah, and, and I think And I think that that's not a, a, a point that is easily recognized by people who may be frustrated by the fact that they haven't found a mate. But one of the things that we'll talk about maybe toward the end of the program is concentrate on some of those benefits and and realize that there's some point of advantage to where you are right now. And be using the, those advantages to expand your service to the Lord. We'll take a break and get this week's bullet point. On the other side of the bullet point, we'll look forward to hearing from you. As we talk about being single, and on the other side of the break, we need to get into some of the dangers associated with being single. There are numerous dangers. Uh, there are dangers to being married. There are also dangers to being single. The devil will try and get us to fall, whether we're married or whether we're single. Uh, the devil's not going to uh, check us off his list and say, I don't have to worry about trying to get him to sin once he becomes married. Uh, there are dangers to those who are single and those who are married. We'll talk about them on the other side. Get your comments ready and send them in via email. Send them in over the phone. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. The story of Jonah and the whale? That's a hard one to swallow. So says the skeptic. And as Bible believers, we have been forced to go on the defensive. Some have labored long and hard to prove that a whale could really swallow a man. You may have seen articles which cited historical accounts of men who have experienced similar things. 
One such report is found in the April 4th 1896 edition of Literary Digest. It tells of one James Bartley who was swallowed by a whale and lived for a day and a half before being rescued. While accounts such as this may be interesting, they really are unnecessary. We don't need them in order to believe what the Bible says about Jonah. What happened there was a miracle. The scripture says the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. Whether or not an ordinary whale could accomplish such a feat and whether or not a man under normal circumstances could survive as Jonah did doesn't matter. In this case, God was involved. And if we believe in an all-powerful God, this should be no harder to accept than any other miracle taught in the Bible. But there's yet another way to look at this subject. Jesus provides more evidence for the case. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, he said, As Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus staked his credibility to the accuracy of the story about Jonah. That being so, then all the evidence concerning Jesus, his miracles, his resurrection, etc., can also be used to support the account of Jonah and the whale. It really happened. Jesus said so, and that settles it. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we're back. Uh, Welcome back into the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Uh, As we talk about being single and uh, the advantages and disadvantages and challenges uh, that one might face as a single person. Anthony, uh, you had some comments that you sent in earlier today about some advantages to being single. Uh, any that uh, come to mind? Well, you know, I think, again, you kind of have to key in on this passage that we've been talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You know, Paul uh, there talks about, you know, uh, I think we've already hit on this at least somewhat, that uh, a single person would, you know, be free from the cares or anxieties that would come along with trying to, you know, um, please uh, their spouse and that sort of thing and be able, of course, to to focus on pleasing God. Um, You know, in the English Standard Version, he talks about a single person being able to have undivided devotion to the Lord. So, again, you know, as we've said, it would certainly free you free you to to focus your your thoughts and your energy on serving the Lord. So, uh, you know, those are pretty clear uh, advantages to remaining single. Exactly right. I think you're right, Anthony. And, and, and again, although I understand that that might be hard for someone in that circumstance to necessarily appreciate, I think that's something that they can uh, have uh, some appreciation for if they'll look at it from the right perspective. So uh, appreciate those thoughts. Uh, we're still looking for some feedback. We got a little feedback from Jared in Cookville who says that the show quality is looking pretty good. If you're in the chat room or send us an email, tell us how we're getting out to you on your end of the Internet and All let right. us know. And uh, while we're here at the middle of the program, it might be a good time to talk about uh, the program in general. This program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to come and worship with us. Find out more about our meeting times and our locations at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. And if you're not in the Columbia, Tennessee area, find out more about what we believe and practice on our website. Give us a call or send us an email anytime. Wherever you are, uh, toll free, 877-381-4567. If you'd like to talk with us, find out more about what we believe, what we practice. And uh, there's been a question in the chat room. Is there a list of when or what the topics will be? That question's coming up more and more often, it seems. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people who are, have suggested that maybe we need to get uh, a list of topics out there more in advance than we do, which has been hard for us to do because we, we are often scrambling trying to get interviews and other things, and, and a lot of times we do not know until the day of the program what we're going to talk about that night. Uh, We've actually had interviews that have come in right Like a half an hour before the program started. So it's it's a little bit hard for us to give a whole lot more advance notice. But if, uh, and, and to the one who asked in the chat room, if you are not on our update list, at least earlier in the day on Thursday, you can get a heads up about what we're going to be talking about. And as far as topics, you can go to our uh, archives page and find almost 250 programs there on a whole host of different topics. Or the suggestion I was going to make is we can make a list if you'll help us, if you'll give us some ideas of things you think would be good to discuss. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, it would help us. We want to talk about things that are relevant to our audience. And so if you have an idea of something that would be good uh, to discuss in this format, we'd love to hear from you. 
uh, it would really help our, our make our jobs easier if you had some ideas on some things you'd like to hear discussed. So let us know your thoughts. Uh, you can send an email anytime with your topic suggestion. We're talking about being single on the program tonight. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, what do you think are some advantages, some disadvantages to being single? Let's talk about some of the disadvantages, Jake, because there are some distinct disadvantages to a person who is not married. And again, you got to go to the fact that God, uh, way back in the book of Genesis, when God had created Adam, but he had yet not created Eve, uh, he said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And, and he created Eve. And so in God's plan, the way that, the way that we're made, the way that he created us, it's not the best situation to be alone. I, I, I think if you had to say, is it better to be married or not to be married for an eligible in, gen- in general? In general, for an eligible person, it's better to be married. Paul said, at certain times, it's better not to be married, but in general, right? I no. think you'd have to say, in general, it is it is God's plan that we have companionship in marriage, and He created Adam, uh, help meet for Adam there in the Garden of Eden. And remember, when you're looking at the Garden of Eden, you're looking at an ideal setting. So in an, in an ideal setting, what did he have? Well, he had a mate. Okay. So in, not, in general. Not everyone's setting is ideal, but in, in an ideal setting, that is correct. Uh, Kevin agrees. Uh, he He's right on your, your same wavelength there. He says uh, disadvantage is no help meet. I think it's about the same time you said that. Uh, so uh, there you go. Hey, uh, also suggested, Jacob, on topics, maybe we could get a, a note up on Facebook. You'll have to do that. Maybe earlier in the day on Thursday you can... Yeah, we need to start doing that. There is a Facebook group out there, and um, and so I know several people are members of that. We're not we're not involved in that group, but perhaps we can get involved and we can start using that yeah. to put out some updates. That'd be a good idea. Uh, know that another uh, program out in Oklahoma City, the Scriptural Way broadcast, uh, does that, and they uh, broad, they they put updates on Facebook. So perhaps we could do the same. Okay. All right. One of the one of the big big problems if you're not married, Jake, talking about disadvantages now to not being married. One of the big problems is going to be temptation. Okay. Don't you agree that that's got to be probably top of the list of, as to issues you're going to have to deal with as an unmarried person. You got to deal with uh, fleshly temptation. All right. And Paul understood this as well back in First Corinthians chapter seven, uh, talking about those who could not uh, con- uh, constrain themselves and control themselves. Uh, he say, therefore, to the unmarried widows, it is good for them, even if they abide as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. And so Paul understood uh, the temptation. And I think the burning there is the to burn with desire, not necessarily to burn in hell. But although I think it could be taken that way. It could be taken away. In other words, if you don't contain yourself, uh, then you you will burn in hell if you if you if you fulfill your sexual desires in an unauthorized way. Uh, earlier in the chapter, again, we're making a lot of reference to 1 Corinthians 7, but earlier in the chapter, he said it at verse uh, 1, Now concerning the things wherever you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless to avoid fornication. Let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. So uh, marriage is, that, that text tells us that marriage is God's provision to satisfy the, the the physical sexual needs of men and women that's what and and that is the only legitimate place where that desire can be fulfilled all right anthony from the uh, the control booth there uh, you had the same thought in your email earlier today yeah i think that's really what comes to mind first when you when you think about this because we recognize that mar- as greg said marriage is the only uh authorized avenue whereby we can, you know, um, fulfill those desires. And uh, so if you're remaining single, you know, you don't really have a way, an outlet for that. And again, obviously, Paul mentions that specifically in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verse 9. And, you know, his solution for that problem is to is to get married. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, he, uh, the Hebrew writer said, Hebrews 13, verse 4, marriage is honorable in all. And the bed undefiled. In other words, this is God's. This is the place where God intends for those needs to be met. He goes on to say, "But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge." And so, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's 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 a it's a wonderful thing. It's a blessing of God to have to have that relationship and be able to to have our physical needs met in the way that God intended for them to be met. 
And if you don't have a mate, then one of the issues you're, you, you've got to deal with and one of the potential dangers is the, the danger of temptation that you'd seek to fulfill those desires in a way other than what God authorized. All right. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Toll free tonight. Give us a call. Let us know your thoughts. Or send an email to questions at collegeu.com. Up to Zion in the chat room tonight. His wife was listening earlier, but she stepped away from the computer because he says an advantage to being uh, married is a married person has a lot more opportunity to practice forgiveness. <laughs> but he said well, he, right. he adds giving and, and receiving it as well. Well, you know, I, but I, I think, but I think what he's he's saying there is a true observation. You know, it's not just that a married person. Can, has has an avenue to avoid fornication. It's also that a married person has a spiritual help meet. You know, you're, and, and I think in a right marriage relationship where both are faithful Christians and they're going to help each other. You no, know, if if I'm if I'm weak on a point or if I'm if I'm sort of letting down, my mate can drag me on up there where I need to be mm-hmm. and vice versa and so the, the, you know but if I'm alone and I don't have anybody helping me or looking over my shoulder it'd be pretty it, it'd be easier I believe it'd be easier to to be neglectful and maybe even commit other kinds of sins because you're there by yourself and nobody's looking over your shoulder well that and uh, as uh, up to Zion mentions you get there is opportunity to grow in certain areas. For instance, in forgiveness, there's opportunity to grow in love, in uh, in, in sacrificial service to others. Whereas if you're alone, you don't have those opportunities uh, to perhaps grow in those areas, and so that that would be more it'd be more difficult. Hey, Anthony, in, in your in your email, you mentioned uh, the, you called it the idea of spiritual drift, and that. There's no one to give you checks and balances, right? Right. I mean, if you think about a person, you know, who's on their own, they're, you know, they don't have uh, the kind of the mental image I had was, you know, when you're married, you have that spouse there to kind of be an anchor for you, a spiritual anchor. If you're if you're on your own, you don't really have that, and you're almost in a in a you you could be, you're not necessarily, but you could end up sort of in a spiritual vacuum of sorts where. As you were alluding to earlier, you know, you'd be more likely to potentially fall into sin. And since you're only accountable to yourself, you're not accountable to a wife, to children. You're not having to worry about, you know, the example that you're setting before your spouse or your children. You might be, it might be harder for you to really see the sin that you may have gotten yourself into and you don't have that that helped me to keep you on the right track. Someone looking at you from a different perspective. I think you're right. All right, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. The dangers of being single. Topics that were talked about uh, being uh, more prone to temptations along certain lines. You know, you're not prone to other temptations. For instance, the married are prone to temptations to perhaps neglect their spouse or fail to fulfill uh, their duties to their spouse. You don't have that temptation as being why you're single, but there may be some other temptations that you're faced with. Exactly right. Uh, and and also I see, and I think Anthony, you mentioned in your email, I see that the the one of the dangers for an unmarried person, and I think I've known some people who who let them let themselves be this way, that the loneliness of not having a companion uh, maybe makes some depressed and maybe even sort of a bitterness sets in that uh, is not healthy to the person and is not helpful to them as a being the kind of an influence they should be as a Christian. Anthony, I think you mentioned that as well in your email. Right. You know, uh, certainly, you know, people who are single aren't uh, across the board necessarily unhappy. Some people just may be happy that way, but I think you know, we we have seen most of us have maybe seen examples of folks who don't who just don't seem to be very happy. They're single, they're older, and they they just seem to not have a very positive outlook on life, and maybe even are sort of bitter in a way. And so that'd be something you'd really have to guard against, right? Because I, I you know, I'm a strong believer in the fact that a Christian should be uh, should be a happy person, someone who's filled with joy. Uh, you know, with we read about joy being a fruit of the spirit. Uh, in Galatians 5:22, um, you know we have basically commands like Philippians 4:4 4, 4 that say rejoice in the Lord always. Kind of, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on on joy if we look for it in the New Testament. So if we're a person who's sort of embittered and sour on life, and 
and we're a Christian and we're out in the world, then that's not casting a very positive light on uh, on serving God if people see us miserable all the time. Okay. Right. I think that's exactly right. Now, what we want to do, we've got just a few minutes left when we come back from this break, Jake. What we want to do is maybe tie this all together with some suggestions for people who are single and then for those of us who are married to relate to people who are single. All right. Uh, we'll take a break and go to the top of the hour after this. We look forward to hearing from you. Use the toll-free line. Let us know your thoughts or send in an email. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. I'm Joel Gwynn, a member of the College View Church of Christ with something for you to think about regarding our children. A survey published in the periodical Pulpit Helps analyzed the question of faithfulness among the children of churchgoers. The results are interesting. It was found that faithfulness in kids was not a function of the size of the congregation, the number of classes and special programs sponsored by the church, the effectiveness of the youth minister. Instead, here is what was discovered. In cases where both parents were faithful, and active, 93% of their children remained faithful to their religious training. When only one parent was faithful and active, the percentage dropped to 73%. When parents were only reasonably active, attended services, but that's all, their kids remained faithful only 53% of the time. And finally, when the parents attended the assemblies only infrequently, the children's endured at a mere 6% level. The results of this survey are interesting, but not terribly surprising. We've known all along that people, including children, often learn more from example than from the words they hear. That's why Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5:16. Parents, have you considered applying Jesus' concept right there in your own home? Are you letting your light shine before your kids? Survey results. Our own common sense and the Bible tells us that this is the only hope that we have to bring them up fearing God. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. Welcome back to the program tonight. Uh, we're glad that you're part of it, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you in the minutes that we have remaining on the program. We're talking about being single, some disadvantages, some advantages, and now we want to talk about some counsel or some advice to those who are single. All right, well, again, this will be some repeating some of the things that we already mentioned. But if you are a single person, you you ought to take advantage of the situation that you're in to be able to do some things that a married person might not be able to do. Uh, you, can, you can have an increased level of service to God if you're willing to do that. Because remember we said there in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you know, that if you were married, you'd have to think about your husband or you'd have to think about your wife. And if you're not married, you can just think about serving the Lord. That's certainly a fair point, but you've got to put that into application. So if you're not a married person, think, what are some of the things I could be doing that uh, a married person can't do? It might be, you know, uh, something to do with evangelism, maybe either locally or at, at, at some distant place. You might be able to travel. To, to do some evangelism that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. You might be able to support the work of the Lord financially more so than a married person. You know, if a, a married person, a, a man, let's say a man who has an income, Jacob, but he's got a wife and three or four kids, he has more financial responsibilities there that are going to tie up more of his money. If you were unmarried and making the same kind of money that he was making, you'd certainly, lot of, you'd certainly have a lot more discretionary income, and so you might be able to use that. To the advantage of the Lord. All right. Uh, we really haven't talked about this, but uh, you, those who are single need to be careful to avoid idleness. Paul warned about idleness among those who were young widows in First Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. And there was a danger that a young widow, if uh, she'd have this extra time on her hands, and it would be true of a single man as well, this extra time on their hands, and therefore would be able to get themselves into trouble. Uh, in First Timothy chapter five verse thirteen, with wherewithal or with all, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle but tattlers also and busybodies, speaking those things which they ought not. 
idleness is a problem. We combat the sins that come with idleness by being busy, using the time and the opportunities we have as single people to be serving God. Exactly right. All right. Um, you got to also, I think, if, if we're going to offer counsel to unmarried people, don't do what Anthony was suggesting earlier. Don't... Uh, um, become bitter or or resentful of people who are married and and again that that and if for those who are married I, i'm not sure it's, it's possible to fully comprehend the the difficulty of that maybe the frustration the anxiety of not having a mate but but it certainly is not productive if you're an unmarried person maybe you want to be married but you've not found someone it's, it, there's no advantage to you begrudging those who are married, maybe those who have a husband or wife or have children like you'd like to have, but you don't have that. And so I think you got to guard against that. That'd be a strong bit of counsel that we would provide. All right. Uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul instructs that uh, we've got to be content. He says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. The command to be content is not contingent upon whether or not you've got everything you want. Yeah. Uh, and those who are single need to be content. Uh, those who are married need to be content. We need to be content in whatever uh, state we find ourselves, as Paul was. That's right. And, first, and, for, and another one, we talked about the bitterness. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed or destroyed. How many uh, people have you known who were single and went around with their jaw dragging the ground and uh, just... Complaining and again, and again, we're sympathetic to, the, to sure. for those frustrations sure. and anxieties that those would face in that circumstance. But you got That's that's something you got to in the circumstance you're in. You got to work harder at overcoming that. And so that's something you got to do. You you also we talked about the danger of temptation. And so one of the things that we do encourage is since you don't have a husband or wife as a helpmeet. Seek out some others who, who won't be the full help meet that a mate would be, who, but who might be able to help you as sort of in the sense that Anthony was mentioning earlier as a check and balance kind of situation. In other words, if you've got a close friend who's a Christian, it wouldn't be the same as having a husband or wife with you 24-7, but that really close, strong relationship might be someone who could help kind of uh, in, in the sense of helping you f- avoid temptation, be strong and, and, and faithful to the Lord we all need somebody to sort of lean on. And -hmm. if you don't have a husband or a wife to lean on, developing close relationships in the body of Christ are especially important. I think it's important for all of us to develop close relationships in the body of Christ, but I can see where a single person might especially need to seek out individuals who can really be uh, sort of someone that, that helps keep them on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Okay. 877-381-4567. 877-381-4567. Still time to take your calls. Questions at collegeview.com. Uh, you know, we've talked about being content, being happy, making the most use of your time while you're single. Yeah, you know, we've known people, um, you know people, I'm sure, that have married very late in life. Uh, I attended one time a wedding that was at a nursing home. Uh, and uh, it was rather unique. Uh, the ceremony wasn't all that great, but boy, the uh, reception at the nursing home was a lot of fun. <laughs> but, uh, now, let's just imagine that uh, you go through life single, and you're not content, you're not happy, your life, you, you feel like you know you can't really get started on your life until you get married. Let's say you get you find that person to marry at 70 years old. It's happened before. And at 70 years of age, you become married, and now your life begins, so to speak, you think. Think about the time that you've wasted. You haven't served God for those 70 years. You haven't been happy. You haven't been content. And now at this late point in life, now you're going to begin. It just makes no sense. We've got to be content where we are. We've got to be happy. We've got to be serving God where we are right now. I think that's a good observation. Uh, I wish I was. I wish I had been at that wedding. Until oh, or something. Yeah. I bet that was exciting. Was. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things that we, maybe a big oversight, Jacob, here that we've done is that the, the ultimate example of a person who never married was Jesus Christ Himself. I mean, you think of Jesus, and the, and and one of the things that he did is that he saw his spiritual brethren as family, and he he had close relationship there. He said, for instance, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 47, 
Some came to him and said, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said to them, said to him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of the Father which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother. And we can have that same feeling. You know, in other words, I, we, we all should, whether married or not. But mm-hmm. we're, we're especially emphasizing people who are not married tonight need to see their spiritual family as a great resource to them uh, as they live their lives. Quickly, up to Zion says, if one is seeking a mate or feels they need one, they should uh, fast and pray. And I agree, contentment is the key because all the single people are praying to be married and the married people are praying to be single. But we should find commitment in where God has us right now. You know, there's a difference between being content and uh, and uh, and and not desiring something. You know, it's okay to desire to be married, but still be content as a single person. Yeah, the, uh, desiring something doesn't necessarily mean you're discontented. If if that was if it was uh, if it was uh, if those two were mutually exclusive, then none no one could get married because you just have to be happy where you were and you'd have to stay there. Uh, so uh, there's a difference, and yeah. we need not to get confused on that. Quickly, uh, uh, any advice to those who are not single? Uh, well, no, in other words, what we're saying is what, how, what would be some some. No, no like what we talked about tonight. How, how, how can, should those who are married relate to those who are not right. married? Yeah. And I, I think one thing is that uh, uh, we, we certainly ought to be supportive of them. We ought to understand that some people, some people are doing that because they have to, because of circumstances that they're in, and we ought to be particularly uh, uh, supportive of them. You know, we talked earlier about the possibility that somebody might be in a in a divorce situation, for instance, and they realize, based on what the Bible says, that because of the way their tra- their divorce transpired, that they cannot marry, and that's a difficult thing. And they certainly need our support and encouragement. That you know, that that's that's a noble thing if someone says. In order to be right with God, I accept the fact I can never marry again. That's an admirable thing for a person to have that level of commitment. They certainly need our support and encouragement and appreciation for being that. And, and they need to, us to understand that those who are married are not any better than those who are single. Those who are single are not any better than those who are married. Uh, don't look at the single like they're they're odd. There's something wrong with them. There certainly is nothing wrong. With those who are single, it is perfectly acceptable for them to be single. Don't look at them like there's something wrong. And as you said, they need our our uh, our companionship uh, as much as those who are single. We need to include them when we're uh, making plans for social things. You know, I think that's a, a big thing that a lot of pe- a lot of Christians should keep in mind. And I'm not saying that they don't, but you know, it it's easy to sort of fall into the trap of having sort of a clique of friends who have all the same things going in their life that you have going. If you're a young married with young children... They have 2.5 children that are about the same age as our 2.5 children. Yeah, and it's easy to sort of migrate to people who have things that are the same as you as far as family relationship or so forth. And that's understandable. That's somewhat natural. But... Uh, we should be careful not to exclude, and in fact, to make specific effort to include maybe the people who are not married. All Anthony, right. got a thought? No, I just think I think this is a good topic. You know, it's something as we were talking before the the show started that you know it's maybe something that we don't think about a whole lot. So I'm glad that that we had this study tonight, and definitely some things we need to be mindful of. And those of us who are married, we should you know, do what we can to support those who aren't. And uh, and uh, you know, be thankful that, that we are married. We need a camera over there on those. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to get a camera on the control room. Yeah, just oh, give, no. the, give the audience a break so they don't have to look at us all the time. Well, uh, Anthony, thanks for manning the controls tonight. Job well done. Thank you. No problem. I'm glad to be uh, here. I hope that we're getting close to um, maybe having all of our technical issues resolved. We're I actually, too. We're actually uh, in the process of getting a new Internet service provider and hopefully it's going to be much faster. I think part of the problem that some of our listeners may have been experiencing in recent weeks is we're trying to push more video content up the line. We've been overwhelming our connection, and we're trying to get we're, – we're in the process of getting a, a faster service. And to think that we had an audio feed only and we weren't content with that or we weren't half satisfied with it, we had to go with this video and mess everything up. <laughs> Uh, Dad, thanks for the discussion tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Enjoyed it. Thank you all for being out there. Thanks to everyone in the chat room for your good comments tonight. Thank you for being on the other end of the line. And if you have any questions or any comments about anything you've heard on this program or anything you've heard on past editions of the Virtual Bible Study, whether you're listening live or whether you're listening in our archived podcast uh, edition of the program, we would encourage you 
uh, to get in touch with us at any time, 877-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com. And also remember, we're looking for topic suggestions for future editions of the Virtual Bible Study, so send them in if you have them. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word in the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.